Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome. I wouldn't want to lunge for the clickbait and talk all about Taylor Swift and the Grammy Awards. As if the Grammy voters are all engaged in psychological warfare for giving Taylor the Pop Album of the Year award. And then there's Jay-Z. Did you see this? He came out, he got some award, the Dr. Dre Award for Global Impact or something, and he used his time to whine that his wife, Beyonce, hasn't been granted a Grammy for Album of the Year. Somebody tweeted, you know, the Hey Buddy, Jay-Z has 24 Grammys, Beyonce has 32, and he's out there complaining about how it's rigged because she ain't one Album of the Year. Just go home. On Sunday, Mrs. Mrs. Graham and I were replaying Saturday Night Live in the old DVR. I walk in and out. I don't see the whole thing. But I don't miss Weekend Update because often the jokes are really mean or pathetically Democrat. So let's give a point to fake news anchor Colin Jost for joking that Joe Biden's greatest opponent in the primaries is his age. But then... As our uh, humor czar, Alex Christie, can tell you, mocking Biden's age is the dominant joke. Like, it's safe. Everybody gets it. Everybody agrees with you on this, so you can joke about it. Then Colin just had like this little advertisement for the economy looking great now under Biden and knocking Fox News as fake news. Give it a listen. In some great economic news for President Biden, U.S. oil production hit an all-time high this week, and the economy added a surprisingly robust 350,000 jobs. Or as Fox News reported it, are migrants turning your kids trans? Let's play PolitiFact for a moment. Pants on fire! Fox News never reported about illegal aliens turning your kids into transgender blenders. For liberal humor, it's okay. Uh, but this is what they're doing. They're actually taking fairly sober, boring economic stats. For the older among you, it's like Irving Olivine in the bow tie and trying to turn it into comic grist. It, they're just selling Democrat talking points and trying to look hip while they do it. The worst of this, on January 26, on CBS... Mr. Christie here found Stephen Colbert playing the bongos for the economy. Yes, it had all the same cringy echoes as Colbert and his vaccine dancers. You remember that? The guys who were dressed up in glittery syringe costumes with needles for heads. And they played the song Tequila. And Colbert tried to be this decade's Pee Wee Herman, I guess. First came the statistical download... Oh, there's good news. There's, there's more good news for Biden. The economy is cooking right along. The Dow is north of 38,000 today. Wages are up. Unemployment below 4% for thir- 23 months in a row. And today, the Commerce Department announced the economy grew at 3.3% rate in the last quarter. Now, what does that mean? Well, it's a little technical. But according to macroeconomic theory, number go up equal good. <laughs> Is that right? Can you check my math? Can you check me? Can you check me on that? Got you. Yeah, you, check, you, got, you got that. Okay. For all last year, 
bunch of people were predicting a recession. But instead, every economic indicator of Bidenomics is positive. Then came that frustrating part for the Biden boosters. The economic stats look good, but, but, but the people aren't giving him credit. How dare they be so stubborn and ungrateful? Colbert said the so-called mainstream media lingo for this was a vibe session. Then on screen, he showed headlines like the New York Times. Is the vibe session finally coming to an end? Bloomberg, the vibe session is officially over. And the Washington Post, the vibe session is over because the economy now slays. That one, I just had to check. <laughs> I had to Google it to see if that headline was real. Did a college kid write that for TikTok? Well, turned out it's real. From this guy named Drew Goins, the big lib. He writes a newsletter for the opinion pages at the Bezos Post. So I suppose all this talk of vibe session caused Colbert to get out the bongo drums and play beatnik. This is Stephen Colbert's Vibe Session. What's cooking, my fiscal cats? You out there counting your ducats? Let me brighten your economic outlook with my bongo sonic output. Hit it. Dig. You're drowning in dough, but you don't feel it because it's not yet bread. I'm talking that sweet pumpernickel, baby. Because I heard from a little bird that in the 2023, the U.S. economy accelerated at a 2.5% annualized pace. And coal prices for personalized consumption expenditures rose just 2% in the fourth quarter. No wonder Janet's yelling. So no need to go slow, Joe. The vibe session will be jazz-suscitated. And if the economy starts this cooking in November, we'll make Trump a way-gone daddy. Now, this is where the comedian graders at Newsbusters, <clears throat> Jeffrey Dickens, say that show's for boomers. It is so antiquated. And my first reaction is like, uh, Colbert is my age? Born in 1964, he would have been in my grade in school. We're not boomers. We don't like to think we're boomers. We're on the early edge of Generation X. Anyway, this is true that both the vaccine dancers and this skit sort of carry a 60s vibe. Like before Bob Denver played Gilligan, he played this beatnik kid on the sitcom The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. I mean, it's so old it was in black and white, and it, it actually aired from 1959 to 1963. So that's before Colbert and my time. The character's name, the Gilligan guy's name was Maynard G. Krebs. And his character, he literally played the bongos and called people Big Daddy. So I'm going to guess that might have been where he was coming from. Now, the night before Colbert's bongo playing beatnik shtick, over on NBC, Jimmy Fallon also tried to shove the new economic statistics into the public's face. His comedic strategy 
was to have one of the black musicians in his band keep saying, say what? Until they couldn't take it anymore. Oh, here's some good news. The stock market just closed at a record high. And today, the S&P 500 was heading for its fifth straight record day. Say what? <laughs> Apparently, the Dow Jones finished above 38,000 for the first time in history. Say what? <laughs> yeah, and many investors are saying that the optimism is back and the downward market trend is over. Say what? That's right, and get this, according to some experts, stocks still have even more room to grow. Enough, Jimmy, enough! All right. They try to make the propaganda fun. Now, the, my, my objection to all of this is that when the economy is doing well under President Trump, Everybody ignored it. All these liberal networks ignored it. I'm not even going to get into, we didn't study whether uh, the late night comedians talked about Trump and the economy. I think we could probably guess they did not. So we will turn into the pages of Unmasked Big Media's War Against Trump by L. Brent Bozell III and Tim Graham. All right, so we wrote, the three networks all noted the 2018 second quarter economic growth of 4.1%. CBS found an economist who called it a bit of a mirage. To be sure, the first quarter of 2018 showed only 2.3% growth, but clearly this was better than the experts predicted. And guess what happened? They took a pass on that. The same thing happened with positive employment or unemployment news. On the first Friday of each month, the Bureau of Labor Statistics announces the number of jobs added to the economy and the unemployment rate. Had it been negative news, you can bet they would have covered it month after month. However, the numbers only approved, so the good news was no news. The total combined evening news coverage on those Fridays in 2017 was just over 20 minutes, or that's in a year, or roughly 60 times less than the time they devoted to the Russian collusion conspiracy theory. 21 months into the Trump era, unemployment dropped from 4.8% to 3.7%, the lowest rate since December 1969. But it wasn't just the rate. The raw numbers of employed Americans reached records repeatedly. In October 2018, it hit more than 156.5 million. The economy added 434,000 manufacturing jobs. Better yet, the historic employment trend spread across pretty much every demographic with record low unemployment for women, blacks, Latinos, Asians, and youth. So, of course, they ignored it. The trend continued in 2018. Trump would be lucky if they stayed on an unemployment ro uh, report for more than 20 seconds. On October 9, 2018, came the news that unemployment had dropped to the lowest levels in almost 50 years. The big three networks combined for exactly one minute. Combined. NBC gave it 18 seconds and then awarded over two minutes to... We're not making this up. 
The breaking news that Saturday Night Live cast member Kenan Thompson has been on the NBC show for 16 years. That's the real news. NBC promoting itself. Then there's the stock market. 31 Dow records were set between January 1, 2017 and January 26, 2018. Those records included hitting 21,000, 22,000, 23,000, 24,000, 25,000, finally 26,000. Overall, in 2017, the Dow Jones average rose more than 25%. Is that a boom? Well, the networks routinely ignored it. But guess what? They found it newsworthy when the market went down. On May 7, 2017, NBC's Lester Holt opened up the NBC Nightly News. Warning, market plunge, jitters on Wall Street. Is the so-called Trump bump over? And then he brought on Stephanie Rule to say Trump's economy was kaput. Think about the Trump rally. This was based on President Trump's pro-business policy promises. Tax reform, infrastructure spending, deregulation. And where are they? They're hanging in the back. Right now, all focus is on Russia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is what the media does. We're not focusing on the economy. The real news is Russian collusion. In January 2018, President Trump tried to prod them with a tweet. Dow goes from 18,589 on November 9, 2016 to 25,075 today for a new all-time record. Jumped 1,000 points in the last five weeks. Record fastest 1,000-point move in history. They barely noticed. ABC reported absolutely nothing. They instead turned to Michael Wolff's trashy book, Steve Bannon turning on the president. I mean, it's does that sound like the Trump years for you? I mean, that's what they did. So good economic news was buried when it was Trump. Now, what are they doing? Even the comedians are trying to tout it. Now, of course, over at the Washington Post opinion section, in the newsletter there, Drew Goins also wrote... If Biden loses, the Democrats can only blame themselves, according to Jim Garrity, who contributes to the Post. The Democratic National Committee, says Garrity, challenger-proofed the primaries, quote-unquote, for the president. Just look to New Hampshire. If a Democratic primary falls in the forest, but the DNC doesn't allegate any delegates accordingly, does it even make a sound? Goins concluded, no sane challenger would take on Biden in the committee's tailor-made sweep of states he is strong in. No sane challenger would take on Biden with the way the DNC set everything up. Now, is that a thing you've heard a lot about? Instead, we did notice this on Sunday, the MSNBC show The Weekend. Morning Joe weekend in a sense, but it's Michael Steele and Simone Sanders and Alicia. Did I get a gold bar Menendez, daughter of Senator Bob Menendez? Simone Sanders, Kamala Harris press secretary, Bernie Sanders strategist. But Michael Steele, of course, was chairman of the Republican National Committee a long time ago. I was headed into the studio here today and there's a set of pictures for an MRC dinner in 2007, and who spoke there? Oh, Michael Steele, way back when. Well, now he might as well be the DNC chairman. 
they had Dean Phillips on on Sunday. Well, that's nice. Remember Dean Phillips? He's running for president. The networks basically say, who? So he's got Dean Phillips in there. And Steele says, the chairman of me says, what the hell are you doing? It sounds like Gary Coleman. What you talking about, Willis? Uh, Steele tried to make logic and sense to uh, Phillips. You know, the po party chose Biden in 2020, not Kamala or Bernie. And now he's the incumbent. So what makes you think that an incumbent president, Joe Biden's not going anywhere. He's not stepping down. Phillips piped up. Big mistake. Big, big mistake. Steele said, that's a matter of opinion. But he's basically telling Phillips he needs to get out. I mean, he did only get 2.1% in South Carolina. So the question becomes, asked Steele, in reality, are you creating a drain in the process, prolonging the narratives around his age, prolonging the narratives around other things people are distracted by with Joe Biden when the real threat is Donald Trump? And then, of course, he says at the end of the day, Trump is going to lose to Biden. Well, if he is, why are you so scared? If the guy's pulling 2%, why does he have to get out? I guess because they're concerned about prolonging the narratives. The weird thing about that is, like, do you think the Republicans are not going to keep harping on his age? Even the comedians are going to keep harping on his age. Dean Phillips getting out maybe won't make any more difference than Dean Phillips being in, but they're yelling at him anyway. Phillips replied by insisting, you know, here in MSNBC and other Democratic circles, privately, everyone wishes Biden hadn't decided to run again. But they're, they're stuck with him. Phillips insisted Biden's approval ratings are in the 30s, and no one's ever been reelected with those numbers. And then he noted Biden trails Trump in seven battleground states in the last Bloomberg poll. They even talk about, in this particular segment, the latest NBC poll, which is all bad news for Biden. Now, Dean tried to say, oh, I like all the big legislation that's passed under Biden. I was for it. The CHIPS Act, the Infrastructure Billions, and the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which then turned into the Climate Crisis Act, apparently, because... Inflation hasn't exactly gone away. But I think for us, the, the fun part of this was Dean Phillips actually talked about how the Biden-Biden strategy just isn't going to work this fall. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But here's the warning. I respect Joe Biden. He should have passed the torch. There are wonderful next generation candidates ready to go. I called them to inspire them. This was not a mission for me, but someone had to do this. And I'm simply saying the quiet part out loud. This is not a mission of antagonism. I'm not pointing out anything, Michael, mm -hmm. that is not clear and present and obvious. This notion of encapsulating him, don't debate, don't appear in front of voters, don't do anything unscripted, don't do interviews, don't, don't do town halls. He's going to have to. And when people see it, it's going to be really difficult to overcome. We could all be cynical and say they, they hid Biden in the basement in 2020, anyone. Okay, but Trump was the incumbent then. And, you know, we didn't have a vaccine yet. Or, you know, Trump tried to say they had one coming. And then everybody tried to deny that that was true, including these so-called independent fact checkers. Obviously, the... Uh, the, the ground's a little different by this point. Biden's been president. Inflation, immigration, these are on him now. I just want to keep harping on this theme. As Chris Plant puts it, the Democratic Party isn't 
They claim they love democracy with a capital D. But once again, they front load, front load these primaries. Back in 2020, right after South Carolina, someone told everyone to get out of the way of Biden. Some said it was Jim Clyburn. A lot of us imagined it could be Obama, you know, calling up Buddha Judge and Klobuchar and the lot and being like, it's time to get out. Yeah, get out before more voters get to make a choice. Because that would only prolong Biden's disadvantages. Isn't it clear that the Democrats can't handle a real primary? They're putting all their chips on the mental decline president. But worse yet, journalists claim they're all about democracy and they can barely acknowledge that a primary election exists. So sit down and stifle yourself if you think the media are the ones who love democracy the most. They don't. Everybody's talking about a general election because they don't want there to be a primary election. And they pretty much stifled Trump's opponents too. Nikki Haley got 35 minutes of coverage on three networks in all of 2023. Now they're putting her on Saturday Night Live. I suppose that was cute. Uh, it's almost more time that NBC News has given to her. I'm going to make that joke. But this is our problem, and that is democracy is more than the media. Democracy is more than the Democrats. Democracy means these elites get some pushback. And they can try to say anybody who disagrees with the Democrat. Uh, is racist, sexist, anti-gay, anti-intellectual, four book bans, you know, what? A, n pick your poison. But pushback is democracy. Dissent is democracy. And who hates dissent and democracy? It's the so-called media elite. And then they wonder, gosh, guys, why are, why are media outlets having economic troubles? Well, there's a lot of other reasons, but there's certainly this reason. Yeah, you're a bunch of sensitive snowflakes who can't take a dissenting opinion. If you want some of that dissenting opinion, you gotta come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.